Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. I want to talk to you today a little bit about joy. Because we tend to think of joy as happiness, but joy and happiness are not the same. They don't even come from the same place. You see, being a three-part being created in the image of a three-part God, God is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We, created in His likeness, are a three-part being also. We are a physical fleshly body. We are a soul, which is the mind, the will, and the emotions. And we are a spirit. Happiness is a function of the soul. It's part of your emotions. It's fleeting. It's easily affected by circumstance or spirits. Joy, however, is a decision. It's a state of being. It's something that comes from a deeper place, from a place of faith, from the spirit. In fact, happiness can sometimes be a counterfeit for true joy. And not knowing the difference can lead to confusion and frustration, disappointment, discouragement. So let's look today a little bit more closely at joy and what it really is. Happiness is an emotion, while joy is a decision. Happiness is hinged upon temporary circumstances. True joy is in spite of temporary circumstances. Happiness is a product of the soul, while joy is a product of the spirit. Happiness is a response of the flesh to being pleased, while joy is a response of faith in knowing that God is pleased, is with you, is for you, and has good in store for you. Therefore, knowing this, that even in difficult situations, when you are not necessarily happy, you can still be joyous. It is a strength found only in the faithful who trust in the Lord. We've all seen it. Those individuals that no matter what they're going through, they carry this light, this joy. There's something different about them. It's contagious. It's good. It's sweet. It's one of the fruits of righteousness. One of the characteristics of Jesus himself. Remember that even at the crucifixion, while carrying the weight of this great shame and suffering, he pressed on and persevered for the hope and the joy that was set before him. Those who trust in the Lord and his promises do not count the things of this temporary world as their source of hope, but rather the promises and faithfulness of God. And it becomes a strength to them. When others are weak, this endurance that comes from within, when their flesh is broken. Jesus told us when he was here and in the scriptures of many shakings that will come upon the earth in the last days. Of great signs, wars, pestilences, tribulations, perplexities in the skies above and in the nations. So much so that it says that many men's hearts will actually fail them in fear 
upon seeing these things that are coming upon the earth because of their lack of understanding of what is actually happening. Yet to those who put their trust and hope in Jesus, he says that when they start to see these things manifesting, they are to look up and rejoice for their redemption draws near to have joy and not fear that he is coming and he will fulfill his promises to them. He will do great and mighty things in the land. And those who truly know him will be imparted with strength and anointing and perform great exploits. So have joy and start rejoicing. Now again, we're not talking about happiness. Happiness is fleeting. Joy is enduring. Therefore, does joy take faith? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by seeking his words. And seeking happens in the abiding. So get connected to the root today and find joy for the days ahead. Get your promise and stand. Determined to praise him in the storms that are coming knowing that nothing can grow without the rain. Oh, how we pray for the latter rain, how we rejoice that it is promised to be so much greater a rain than the former one. But what if that rain comes as a storm? Are you ready for it? Because if you are, then you will be found rejoicing while the fearful and unbelieving are found hiding from it. Oh, let the joy of the Lord be your strength and prepare to face the storm, praising. As we read in John chapter 15, verse 11, the very words of Jesus, these things, he said, have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Lord, we thank you today for your goodness, for your kindness, for your faithfulness. We are reminded today, Jesus, of everything that you endured and went through, the shame, the reproach, the pain, the suffering, the crucifixion, the death, burial, and resurrection, all for the hope that was set before you and that joy in your heart that we might come to believe and receive and be with you. Jesus, you prayed that it was your will, desire, and delight for us to be with you as you ruled your kingdom, to have a place in New Jerusalem. Lord, you didn't do all of that then to just come and abandon us to our current circumstances. You will be with us in the midst of the fiery trials and tribulations that are before us. And we are reminded today that you command us to go into these things praising with faith and anticipation for the glorious, victorious outcome that is on the other side of it. Whether it be little personal trials, whether it be national situations, or whether it be the greatest and final temptation that will come upon the earth, it makes no difference. Our response should be the same. We have to maintain our joyfulness 
because that's what shows the world around us that we really believe what you proved to be true to us. That the enemy has already been defeated. He cannot win this fight. We are coming back in a resurrection. We've been given eternal life. And your words, they will never return void. So if there are unfulfilled promises, then you're not done yet. You said that you will work all things together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purposes. So if it doesn't seem good yet, then you're not finished. Keep waiting, keep praising, keep anticipating. Don't lose your hope because hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when it comes, it is a wellspring of life. It puts a fight back in your step. It puts a dance and a praise. It puts a purpose and a direction. It puts you back on the path of righteousness. It causes you to keep pressing towards the mark of the high calling of Jesus Christ. We put our faith in you today, Lord, and who you are in your goodness, in your love for us. That if God was willing to bankrupt heaven of its greatest treasure and resource by giving us Jesus in order to redeem us, then it is nothing but a lie of the enemy that would get in the ear and try to convince you that he will forsake you in your moment of tribulation, in your darkest hour. No, he will not. There's a purpose, and it will be glorious. Now, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, and I'm not condemning you for being overwhelmed. Remember that on the cross, even Jesus cried out, Lord, why have you forsaken me? Sometimes that hour can get very dark and pressing. But nevertheless, we see the whole story. We get the testimony that proves who God is to us. Jesus being our example. God did come through. The latter end was more glorious than anyone could have ever hoped or imagined. It has not even entered into the heart of man the things that he has in store for those who trust him. So I need you to stir your faith today in God's faithfulness. Because yes, there are some shakings coming. But it is not a thing that you need to face with fear and dread and hopelessness. Because when the circumstances around you change and don't seem all that happy in the moment, those who know who their God is, they will be strong. And they will do great exploits. And they will keep praising and praying and being joyous. And when the others around ask, what is this great hope that you have? What is this thing that causes you to be different? That causes you to be a light in this darkness? We can tell them about our Jesus. Of all of the great promises he has given, of all that he has done for us, the fact that he even warned us that these things were coming in advance, so that we would not be discouraged or offended. The fact that he has always been there for us. He has been faithful from the very beginning. And he always will be. It's who he is. It's who he's been to me. And I have all confidence. It's who he'll always be. And that gives me great joy. And that gives me strength. So, Father, we come before you today and we repent of any time that we strayed, that we lost faith, that we got fearful, that we tried to 
take matters into our own hands and change the plan. Father, we trust you to do what you have promised to do. We trust you that the end will be good. We trust you that if we've got to go through a Gethsemane, it's going to bring us through to the glory of a great and mighty outpouring on the other side of it. Oh Lord, we trust the perfection of what you are doing, that you know the end from the beginning, that you knew we would go through these temporary circumstances before you gave us our eternal promises. They do not get in the way. In fact, all they can really do is help you to accomplish it. Just like the disciples when they got in that boat and they were going over to the other side to do a work of the kingdom and the storms rose up against them. It did not stop them. All it did was help to push them to the proper place in the proper timing and gave them a testimony that would shine forth through the ages and through the dispensations that would help to stir the faith of others and give them a greater revelation of your truth, your wisdom, who you are and what you want to do through your children. Oh, the enemy, he cannot win. In all of his efforts, all he ever does time and time again is position himself for another checkmate moment. So instead of being shaken, we shake off the fear. We are not forsaken. Our redemption draweth near. Jesus prayed when he needed strength. He got alone and spent time with the Father. How can we be so arrogant to think that we can make it? Doing any different? My friend, get shut in and talk with God. Seek Him early while He may be found, so that He can reassure you of the hope that is set before you. Because when he does, it will be a wellspring of life springing up within you. And it will give you joy when all that is around you is trying to steal it from you. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Continue instant in prayer. Romans chapter 12, verse 12. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.